I was flapping my hands a lot. That'll be a good place for me to cut. <laughs> we'll go to a go to a commercial break or whatever. All right. So everybody, look at the camera, smile, flip it off, whatever you want to do. Meet the pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro. I'll be your host today, and my co-host is Matt Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for people that press, press triggers. We're looking at shooters, folks that talk about training, about guns, gadget, gear. Uh, let's see, what else? Politics and political activism. And I think we're going to get a little bit of all of that today with our special guest. And our special guest today is Craig DeLuce. He is a California elected official. He's done work with the Firearms Policy Coalition. He is the host of Coffee with Craig, and he's also the founder and does a little bit of other things with 2A News. Craig, thanks for coming on the show. We uh, love uh, always talking to you, bumping into you, drinking with you. How you doing? It is always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Born and raised in the People's Republic of California. Um, behind, I like to say I'm behind enemy lines, or Same as here. I like to call it, the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. Uh, I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is uh, incredibly anti-gun and incredibly left-wing. Uh, went to school, uh, went to college in Chico, California, uh, which is actually incredibly pro-gun. Uh, and very conservative. It was kind of my first, the first time I ever had like a the experience of diversity of, of political thought. Um, in any case, graduated from there with a degree in finance, moved to Sacramento, California, or once again, as I like to call it, the belly of the beast. Um, got involved, uh, started uh, uh, early on in my early 20s, got getting involved in politics here in the Sacramento area, and was more of a conservative activist. Uh, and uh, as time went on, I eventually wound up going to work in the California legislature as a communications director for uh, uh, Assemblyman Tim Leslie, uh, who was the longest serving member of the California state legislature at the time, uh, would eventually become the deputy chief of staff to Assemblyman Kevin Jeffries, uh, and uh, then who would eventually be termed out. And that would lead to my working with the Firearms Policy Coalition. Now, to give you a little bit about uh, my experience with firearms, uh, I grew up, my, my father, my parents owned guns, uh, but they were the type of gun owners that, that a lot of gun owners are. They had guns, they were in a box, in a shelf, in a closet, never to be spoken of. Gotcha. Uh, they didn't take them out, they didn't go shooting, they didn't do anything. I mean, they really, they owned firearms, but they were probably the example of those, of those anti-gunners who say, you know, well, you know, I'm a gun owner. 
and then go on to espouse anti-Second Amendment stuff. Um, Not that my parents ever talked about firearms, pro-gun or anti-gun, but if they were, that's probably the type of gun owner they would be. Anyway, uh, so growing up with my, you know, with my kids in the house, although I was always a firm believer of the Second Amendment, uh, I, ne- I didn't own a firearm and I really didn't purchase my first firearm until my late thirties, early forties. And I wanted to be a responsible gun owner. So what I decided to do was uh, I went and I not only made it a point to, to take classes and get training, but I also made it a point to, uh, to understand the law. And that's what really got me into activism and gun rights. When I started to realize how crazy some of the anti-gun California's anti-gun laws were and this was i mean we're talking i mean this was before things got really really crazy Mm. here in the state of california so then uh, when i left the legislature once again i was a gun owner i had a concealed carry permit and i was relatively familiar with, with with gun laws um the firearms policy coalition was just starting out and i was actually going to start working with them doing uh really doing more media stuff but then all of a sudden, the California legislature dropped about 50-plus anti-gun bills, and they said, hey, Craig, um, look, you just left the legislature. You know the process pretty well. Would you be interested in being a lobbyist? And I, I had no interest before that of actually getting into being a lobbyist. But I always said, if I am going to lobby, it's got to be on an issue that I'm passionate about. And lo and behold, I became Second a amount. lobbyist. And uh, you know, we wound up killing probably 90% of those anti-gun bills. Wow. And a lot of it was just simply the application of logic and reasoning. And really what, what FPC has become known for is integrating uh, digital communications and digital grassroots organizing into the political process and really overwhelming members of the legislature with public opinion and public comment on, the, on these particular bills. Uh, and that's kind of uh, kind of the auspicious way in which uh, in which I got started. Now I lobby in both Washington D.C. as well as in uh, Nevada. So we need some of that help in uh, New York. When are you moving to New York? Behind, <laughs> behind the other enemy lines. Uh, the enemy lines are, are growing, closing in all over the place. Yeah, that's very true. Part of being a family first responder is having the ability to respond. It's difficult to do if you're sick. Wash your hands. Wash your hands often. Avoid unnecessary contact with your face. Advise your family to do the same thing. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Meet the Pressers. So what happened was in 2008, we got a sheriff who was a... Well, let me... Let me, let me actually, let me go oh, yeah, what county were you in when you got the permit? Sacramento County. So here's what happened. So... Uh, Cal Guns Foundation, uh, which is a sister organization that works with the Firearms Policy Coalition and existed prior to the Firearms Policy Coalition, mm-hmm. had actually sued uh, one of the a number of counties in in, in uh, California relating to their concealed carry permit process. Uh, one of those counties was Sacramento County, and the former sheriff, Sheriff John McGinnis, uh, he retired, and a new sheriff who had run and gotten elected. Uh, that would be Sheriff Scott Jones actually settled the lawsuit and worked with our attorneys and developed their developed his concealed carry a new concealed carry policy, which is technically not shall issue, but I'll just put it to you this way: He got elected in 2008, and there were 250 concealed carry permits in all of Sacramento County. Today, there are are, are somewhere around 10,000. So you can see it, it's pretty, it's as close to 
shall issue as you can get without being technically shall issue. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of people don't know California is a lot like New York or New York's a lot like California in that aspect where it's county based. Um, and you guys have to have the make model caliber and serial number on your pistol license as well, right? Oh yes. And it is beyond frustrating. So, yeah. and it's a two year, every, every other year. And in Sacramento County, the, 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 so many people are applying and it's so busy. The only time you can add a firearm or remove a firearm or alter your permit is when you're renewing it. Oh, so wow. every other year I sit down and I decide, okay, what do you want to buy? Um, if, am I going to get a new gun this year uh, to put on my permit? And even then you're only allowed so many firearms on your permit. So then if you do add a new one, you got to decide which one you're going to take off. Now that seems like that could be a case to the Supreme court easily. I mean, how, how are they, res they're restricting your ability to buy a certain amount of guns. That totally seems like that, that could be a well, second. Amendment. Well, no, we don't, we don't have to have a permit to own a gun just mm -hmm. to conceal carry. Right. Gotcha. So that's, that's the fundamental difference. So okay. if you're going to conceal carry, you can only have so many firearms on, you can only have so many firearms on your conceal carry permit. You can buy as many guns as you want, but you can only well, carry if they, that. If they could take that away, they would. You can. The only restriction you have in terms of that is you can only buy one firearm every thirty days. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. See, in New York, thirty day period. In yeah. that regard, California is not as bad as New York. No, because in New York, you have to have a license to own a handgun, and then that all your handguns have to be on that license. Now, the difference is, is that you get that license, then it is a concealed carry license, which means you have to conceal it if you carry it in public. Oh, so in New York, you actually can, your, your, your permit is actually also a yep. concealed carry permit. Correct. Yeah. It's, and that's where a lot of people get, get confused. They'll say, and, and typically that's upstate only, uh, Long Island's more restrictive, New York city, forget it. That's a totally different license, but in upstate, depending on the County, because each County has a, uh, one or more licensing officers that's based on penal code. And though that licensing officer is the one that dictates whether you get a license or you get denied, and if you get the license, it is a concealed carry license, period. But whether they add a restriction, which the two main restrictions are employment or sportsman. So a lot of people say, well, I wanna carry concealed license. I don't want a sportsman. I'm like, well, that's not the right terminology. It will be a carry concealed license. What you want is you don't want a sportsman restriction. So you want an unrestricted mm -hmm. concealed carry license. Now, so that does that allow the, you to carry anywhere in the state? Well, anywhere other than schools, or I usually say governmental, governmental locations and that that varies based on jurisdiction but i usually tell people if you don't go anywhere that's government owned then you you will be safe um and then obviously indian reservations you can't go on indian well you can but they can do whatever they want to you so hey, just to be clear because I'm, I'm 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 learning something here mm -hmm. um so in new york if you have a if you have a, a permit from upstate new york you can conceal carry for example in the city of new york no that was my so, next question. So the, the New York State pistol license, there's basically two different types of licenses. There's an upstate or Long Island. That, those, go, those are the same. Oh, okay. And then there's New York City. If you have a New York City license, you can carry anywhere in the state. If you have an upstate or New York or Long Island license, you can't carry in the city unless you have an extra designation from the city saying you can carry in the city. Wow, but the that, standard by which to so, get that card is different from county to county, too. It is. Wow. Yes. And some count. Mo One would most think that there's an equal protection clause. There's got to be an equal protection clause issue yeah, there. You'd think, which is I mean, the which is the same issue that we have here in California, where you have, for example, you have places like uh, Fresno County, uh, Sacramento County, uh, some of the more rural counties, where you have thousands of people with concealed carry permits, but then you have San Francisco, 
where they have four San Francisco County County, a grand total of four concealed carry permits in the entire state, Uh, Los Angeles County, which is the most populous County in the entire state. You, there are a total of 198 concealed carry permits of those less than 10 are, are permits by people who do not have a connection to law enforcement. I know one of those less than 10 and they're, they're an actor and you know, (laughs) There's preferential treatment to Hollywood in the bubble, right? <laughs> oh, we there was a share. Uh, well, I, no, I think he was Orange County sheriff. Lou Baca, Lee Baca. I don't know. I don't remember if he was Orange County or Los Angeles. I think oh, he was Los Angeles. Baca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- he was actually he actually has gone to jail for uh, for uh, uh, for bribery, kickbacks, and some of that related to the concealed carry. Uh, yeah, permit. I was never able to get a permit when I lived in Los Angeles County, and I always say that they were only reserved for law enforcement. Israeli diamond merchants and rap artists. <laughs> it's like it's that's the only chance you'll have of getting well, a permit. Just because and we're giving the, them out in Ventura, well, successful rap artists because gonna, the unsuccessful yeah. ones were carrying anyway. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's 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 just because it's in their rap video doesn't mean that they legally had the <laughs> right. Well, you um, know. so that criminals going to be criminals, right? Yeah, very true. They usually that's how you tell in law enforcement if they don't have a holster, then that probably means it's illegal. Right. Um, the uh, in California. If somebody gets a pistol license in one county, is that good for the entire state? How does that differ? Well, first of all, you, once again, you don't have to have a permit to own a pistol to in conceal. the entire county. Right. But if you get a concealed carry permit, it's good for the entire state of California. So, so I can carry. I can carry any. I can carry anywhere in the state. Once again, following the laws. Yep. Uh, I'm, I can't carry in uh, obviously sensitive buildings. I can't carry in schools. We used to have an exemption from the Gun Free School Zone Act. We don't have that anymore. Mm. Um, and the the other the other thing is is a lot of law enforcement they put restrictions on. You're not allowed to carry it into a bar. Mm-hmm. So an, an establishment that has as its primary. Uh, source of in- or yeah, source of business right. uh, selling alcohol. Yeah, so the joke Texas- is, joke is, two guys walk into a bar with a with a gun and they both get arrested. <laughs> That's a joke, right? Hey, this is Craig Douglas from Shipworks. Uh, awesome to be here with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro on Meet the Pressers. I had an awesome time. These are awesome dudes, and uh, you guys should give them a look. See. Meet the pressers. Well, we used to have, have an exemption in New York where the a, a church or a school, well, a church if it has a school, but a school, the administration, the board or the, the um, uh, superintendent could give written permission for somebody to carry on school property. So we had that exemption and I actually trained uh, quite a few different schools that are private Christian schools to uh, be able to have their staff carry. And uh, the, the state just removed that. Now, it, it's always been law enforcement, so peace and police officers. But the other two, two that they've added, they removed the civilian component, and they've added a school resource offer, officer or an armed security guard that's working at that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so they, they really we, – uh, We had the same thing. When they, passed, when they passed the law in California that eliminated the exemption, mm-hmm. uh, well, there were a number of school districts, mostly rural. There was one urban located here uh, – uh, close to us here in Sacramento, uh, that actually then allowed their staff to carry. That actually, you had some school districts that allowed anybody to carry, and they put, you know, this is these are the requirements. Uh, but many actually allowed their staff to carry. Yep. Uh, many of them included additional training and background check requirements. One school district, uh, Folsom Cordova, actually 
provided additional training and actually included those individuals in the active shooter response pl plan. So they trained side by side with law That's enforcement. Great. That's great. And in, in the state of California, what happened was because they were doing that, you had moms demand action and a bunch of folks who said, no, we don't want that. And right. so literally, so you tell a school district, we believe in your ability. We want to give you the right to govern yourselves and govern locally. Take uh, it away. Ex except when you decide to do what we don't want you to do. Right. Well, we, then we're going to take that. We're going to take that away. So they don't really believe in local governance. Mm, no. Mm -mm. no. So they don't have preemption there like they do in PA. So in, in, in New York, they don't, we don't have it. The local municipalities can set their own ordinances that oh, would, oh, yeah. res would restrict firearms carry. And most don't, but there are some cities like Rochester and Albany and, and such that have, have done that. Nobody listens to it. And I don't even think law enforcement in those cities uh, enforce it. But schools are always a different animal. Well, we, we do yeah, actually, we definitely. do have preemption. So there, there, there are some areas that they've tried to regulate beyond firearms, in particular things like ammunition. Right. Uh, they've also tried to use zoning laws in order to impact. And this is a big one. They're trying to, what they're trying to do is, is, is and you'll, you'll see this on a national scale, they realize they can't get past the whole thou shalt not, or shalt not infringe part of the, the, the Second Amendment. For guns. But well, what they determine is, well, okay, well, but, you know, that doesn't apply to ammunition. Exactly. Right. It doesn't apply to your right. It, it says you, you can own one. It doesn't say you have a right to buy one. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say you have a right to sell one. Or load one with ammo, right? Right. So they go out of their way. Like one of the things that they're pushing right now is they're trying to ban all lead ammo, even at indoor and outdoor shooting ranges. I'm like, well, what exactly do you expect us to shoot if we cannot shoot lead ammo? Yeah, well, I mean, that was originally started because of the condor and, the, and you know. I don't know many condor that exist inside of the gun range exactly. down the street from me. Exactly. So that just pulls, the, there is no integrity to that argument, at least going back to where it started. Right. right. Well, but they don't care about integrity. Integrity is yeah. not their point. No. Doing what's right is not their point. They, they want to do what they want to do. Yep. And as long as they have the power to do it, uh, they will. And. Unfortunately, you know, when Jerry Brown, and I, it's the funniest thing, I never thought I would long for the days of Jerry Brown as governor, <laughs> Moonbeam. But here was the thing. He at least, with his experience, recognized that, all right, we Democrats are in control of everything in the state of California. Somebody has got to be the grown-up in the room and say no from time to time. And so he would choose to do that. Gavin Newsom is not interested in being a grown-up. He's not interested in being the grown-up in the room. He's interested in doing whatever will make his minions happy. So he will sign any piece of anti-gun legislation that comes across his desk. And so this year, they are rampant crazy with introducing all sorts of madness that, you know, the bad part is, is that it's, it, once instituted in the law, is going to re represent a huge infringement on our fundamental right to keep and bear arms and our ability to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also going to give us a significant fodder for lawsuits yeah. uh, that are going to help allow us to be able to help the rest of the country uh, as, as other municipalities say, well, if California's doing it, it yeah. must be the thing to do. 
Right. Well, then, and y'all, then y'all know y'all do that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, and then you got the ninth circuit, right? I mean, the ninth, ninth circuit is, is upholding most of that stuff. And if, if the Supreme court decides not to hear, a, uh, hear it, it falls back to the ninth circuit. That's why they've become so powerful. Just like the second circuit out here in New York area. I mean, it's the same, same thing. You got a very liberal state and they put law into place and that's the precedent. If it gets appealed to that next circuit court, that circuit court upholds it. Supreme court never hears it. It's, it's pretty much the law of the land. Yeah, and another- I, think, I think there's an element to that that we're all missing. And I certainly don't know the answer and what that is. But, you know, in Pennsylvania, we have a generally liberal court system, you know, when you get into that. But they've been recently upholding some pretty pro-liberty uh, uh, cases and laws. I mean, we've, we've, uh, Josh Prince alone has, has argued cases that have set really good precedent. It's, well, it, it's, largely, it's largely been, and what's, what's happened with some of these cases, and, and FPC's played a role in a lot of these cases, is because the other side has gone so far in just violating the rule of law. Forget firearms. They're, they've ignored their own state constitution. Mm-hmm. They've ignored the, they've ignored, they've ignored the rule of law outside of even firearms. I mean, in many of these cases where we're talking about with these laws, we're not even talking about the efficacy of the law. We're talking about the fact that they just decided we can do it because we have the right to do it. And the courts are telling them, no, you don't. Now, uh, uh, to Matt's point relating to both the Second Circuit and the Ninth, I don't know if you've noticed, but lately there's been a couple of rulings that have come from both of those that have demonstrated that that having President and Trump, President yep. Trump in office, uh, has changed those courts to a degree and has actually opened the door or at least made some rulings that you would think that they would oppose right. have actually made them uh, uh, increase the likelihood uh, of us having some victories in those circuits. Yeah. I mean, in New York specifically, you've got um, taser and stun gun. You know, it happened in Massachusetts, 2016, 2019, just last year, second, uh, second circuit U.S. <clears throat> district court judge heard ruled that they're covered under the second amendment, partially because in 2016, Massachusetts was shot down by the Supreme court. So they knew, they seen the writing on the wall and Judge Hurd said, well, I'm just going to uphold what the Supreme Court did because if he gets appealed, it's going to the Supreme Court and they've already ruled right. on it in Massachusetts. Um, you got nunchucks. They just they just signed them out of law. Um, the governor, New York State, all them. I wonder how many defensive uses, like righteous defensive uses. Of, of nunchucks, first- right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is the reason they banned it in New York state is because they were, it was back when Bruce Lee movies were big and he was a proponent of nunchucks and they thought people would hurt people with the nunchucks and use things, use them to do heinous crimes. So the New York state got, got a jump on it and decided to ban it before it actually got too there's bad. Lots, there's to lots of it. sex in movies, lots of sex in movies that, that caused that's problems. why they don't, that's why they don't, that's why they don't ban sex. Cause you know, they like that, but well, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's the exception, I guess. As long as it's within turns, they're, they're you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> their thing. Casting, that's their thing. Casting couches, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, but you know, the, the, but it is, it is interesting how so much, when it comes to self-defense, whether it be firearms or nunchucks or even knives, yep. how much of the anti-self-defense or anti-gun, anti-knife, anti-nunchuck move, movement has come out of, based on Hollywood movies, Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. idiocy, not logic. Well, just, fully, well what could be? Because I sent it in a movie. <laughs> fully, fully <laughs> semi-automatic. Right. I mean, it, it's just the, the the lunacy when they they see something in a movie. Oh, you know this uh, this uh, fifty gun. They're trying to ban fifty, fifty caliber, anything fifty caliber, black powder. How? 
Huh? Anything well, over fifty I, caliber, I they want to ban in New York when State. They made it, when they made it so that an individual could no longer purchase uh, a fifty cal fifty caliber uh, firearm or, or rifle in California, I asked the chair of the committee and I asked the author of the bill how many crimes in the entire United States have been committed, committed with a fifty caliber rifle. Right. I'm assuming other zero. than possession one? of it unlicensed possession of it they could not name one no, right. i know there had been none in california i think there's been one in the entire country right it's, yeah so so they're spending there was somebody on uh carson was it carson he, he was on some show what's the anyway one of the uh, national talk guys and the, this politician was talking about banning 50 caliber black powder and and he's like why why are we wasting our time well if it could happen, we need to ban it. He's like, but it hasn't ever happened. And you know how long it takes to load a black powder? <laughs> it, it's lunacy. It's crazy. It's- I, I could plow my car through a group of a, of yeah. a thousand people. Nice so France. therefore we should ban cars. Nice France. Yeah. Is, yeah. That what, is, that, is that the mentality that we're thinking of now? Pressure. If it could happen? And, and well, I mean, I, I always it take is it because we're in, we're is, in the red the flag era of the yeah. minority yeah. report. So this is the mentality. Ooh, it right. could- well, I always do this and you always hear people say, well, you know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And I always say, well, first of all, yes, you can. In particular, if there's a fire. (laughs) Right. Good point. (laughs) But what we've done is this is, is most importantly, what we don't do is we don't put duct tape on the person's mouth before they walk into the theater. See, we've got laws that are in place that uh, if someone, if someone violates their rights or not, not want to say violates. If someone abuses their rights, right? We have laws in place that will hold that individual accountable, accountable, both civil and criminal laws. Exactly. Right. But what we don't, once again, what we don't do is, is that we don't preempt that in the event in particular, when it comes to things like the freedom of speech, we don't preempt it in the event we don't take, we don't take away or restrict everyone's rights because a handful, a small minute right. percentage of people might abuse their fundamental rights, might abuse their rights. That's, what, that's the attitude with firearms. Because a handful of people might abuse their right to keep and bear arms, we therefore need to punish and take away the fundamental right from everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm Jared from Guns and Gadgets, and this is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. People aren't banning folks' ability or limiting, restricting people's ability to make a movie, say, for instance. Well, movies are a very powerful thing. We just, excuse me, just talked about the efficacy of movies and how they influence people rightly, wrongly, poorly, whatever. It depends on, you know, is it propaganda or is it just poor filmmaking where they're not getting the facts straight? I mean, you look at like Lethal Weapon. How many Beretta 92s did that movie sell? That influenced people in a way that, People want to get that gun. You watch that movie Shooter. How many people after they saw Shooter went out and got some quick clot stuff and put it in their bag? You know, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. influences people. But if you take, for instance, the narrative that was given during the Obama administration, for instance, a movie is what caused Benghazi to happen. That's a powerful right. thing. And if that's truly the case, and that could have caused all that havoc and caused the deaths of those people over there, then, well, then maybe you should restrict people's ability to make a movie then, right? Well, no, that's ridiculous. Well, then, you know, I think you're, in that case, they're, if we say restrict the movie, now we're pissing in their Cheerios, right? Their Cheerios right. Are, is yeah. the movie industry. It's 
Well, I tried. I try to equate the rights. We've got this package of this rights from the right. Bill of Rights, it you know, be and even. and, and they're all God given or nature given, however you want to approach that, whatever your belief yep. system is, and it doesn't guarantee it. It just tells the government that they can't mess with these particular rights. Exactly. And I think they're, they're all equally important, and some people may not value the Second Amendment as much as they do the first, but it's still their right. It's and a right, but it's not a right right. <laughs> It's not a right. I remember right. you saying that. That, that, is, uh, that is profound. Very true. Yeah. Hey, it's Deb Sullivan from T1 Ammunition. We are the official sponsors of Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. We are also really big supporters of our Second Amendment rights, and we are currently taking orders for ammunition. We have 9mm223. We are shipping, and if you would go to our website, www.t1ammo.com, you can take a look at the website, and you can place your orders there. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. Morning Coffee with Craig just kind of came about as a way in which to talk about issues that are happening all across the country. And, uh, you know, we realize that not everybody will read every news link that you post, post so, or every article that you write. So we wanted to have a way to talk about uh, the things that are going on on a national basis. But also, we wanted to be able to help inform people about what was going on. And so we developed Morning Coffee with Craig. Uh, it's uh, we basically, it's generally in the mornings, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, West Pacific time, so about noon your time uh, back east. Um, and we talk about various different issues. It's uh, put on by the, the Firearms Policy Coalition. You can uh, find us on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Facebook as well as on Instagram. Uh, just look up uh, Firearms Policy Coalition or Morning Coffee with Craig. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's been, having, it's been great having you on, my friend. It's always a pleasure to converse with you and share virtual space in this case with you. Most definitely. Take hey, care, take care guys. See you. This is Augie Macro and Wolfcat, founders of the Kitty Petters Union, and you're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. Of sponsors to make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.